Mental toughness is your ability to manage stress, pressure, challenges, changes, setbacks, you know, life. And if you are able to take things in your stride, your life will be more relaxed, enjoyable, fun, probably successful. Hello and welcome to Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And today we thought we'd talk about what is mental toughness? I know it's a funny one, isn't it? It's like, is this just sort of walking around and being really butch? And <laughs> it's not definitely or bullying. It's nothing like that. I don't think. No, it's not. And it's sadly, I think, something that a lot of uh, the kids have been through that pandemic. They're seriously lacking in, and I feel so sorry for them. You know, they've been so deprived throughout their school years and and socially, and now some of those kids are sort of getting into the workspace. It's hard to cope, I well, think, I think they, for a lot of people. But I think it's just not just kids. It's everyone. I think we've been sort of closeted a bit, being looked after nice and cosy, not having to get dressed up for anything. <laughs> she says, looking at our leggings. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about we've been a bit protected and a bit, bit mollycoddled, haven't we, without realising it. It's that mental toughness, though, the fact that we've been not doing so much, that we, it's not it's not our fault. We haven't, we have, you know, the kids haven't, and we haven't had a chance to do stuff until last year or so. That's true and this could be a bit controversial but is it right to always put it down to mental health or are we just creating a convenient sidestep from application? Well I'm going to be honest about this mm-hmm. and I'm, we may get listeners complaining. This is our last podcast everybody. <laughs> Enjoy. You know, we're not going to talk about the snowflake generation and all that because that's unfair because it's a different world. They've got the technology where they want to be liked by everything. Well, you know, likes and if you're not liked. Is it that, that they're so used to people being perfect out there? You know, mental toughness, I, I'm assuming, I'm not, I haven't really got a clue. Have I got mental toughness? I don't know. We'll find out. We're not really talking about army assault courses here. It's no. it's a it's a completely different thing, isn't it? I'm assuming it's like seeing things through. It, it's, it's having and being able to stand up and say, I'm going to do this, I've got the energy, I've got the enthusiasm, the commitment. Mm. And I'll be honest, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Mine's if I'm interested in something. Mm. I think it changes throughout your life. I mean, unless you're an exceptional person, it waxes and wanes, doesn't it? Depending on whether, you know, you're following a passion project and you're really into it or, you know, you're doing it because you're forced to or you have to. But but that's a job, you see. So therefore, you know, in in our day, I had to work full stop. You know, you went into your, your job, you stayed there, you did it, you might change jobs, but you couldn't give it up just because you didn't feel right. Or you didn't like it that much or you felt a bit menial. You just had to work a bit harder. Uh, yeah. But I was just watching a film last night, actually, which I'm sure you've seen, which I never had, definitely, maybe. You know, he's a graduate when he goes into work for, oh, it's all Bill Clinton's, you know, campaign team. Mm-hmm. And he has to do the coffee and put the toilet rolls away. And he's like, why am I here? What am I doing? You know, we all did that. But I don't know whether now new graduates or new people into the workplace would accept that. Do you think they automatically assume a degree of, not seniority, but, you know, placed in a a pecking order that's not quite at the bottom? It's not mental toughness, but you have to go through that and you have to be able to put up with this mental toughness in my way. You know, I didn't want to make teas all the time or or go and do all the errands or take notes or, you know. Photocopy. Yeah. And that was the thing he was complaining about, actually, photocopying. But, you know, it's... You have to have a mental toughness to get through that. And perhaps a vision of the future to know that when you're working really hard and you're doing the small things, it's a pathway to somewhere better if you work hard and 
you stay on your your track and you listen to your peers and you listen to your mentors and you get noticed by hard work that i'm sad to say i think i think that element of of hard work and maybe that's a sweeping generalization but it seems to not be the way people put their heads down now and i think it's things as well like um getting appraisals at work i remember when you know i started out you don't always get like, oh, you get a rosette. You've been marvellous. There was a lot more. Well, here's areas to improve. I'm going to save this for our guest, actually, who's coming on in a minute, who is Penny Mallory. Found her kind of through the usual sources of Twitter and stuff. But she stood out. She's done this TEDx talk at Royal Holloway. She's fascinating to listen to. I'll introduce her properly when she, she joins us in the podcast. But she is all about mental toughness and Gosh, it wasn't given to her on a plate, that's for sure. But she just really demonstrates how you don't have to start with a level of mental toughness. Everything can be developed and generated and worked hard at. And it's basically, it's an ethic. It's a work ethic, right? And it's up to you. It is. It's up to you to do it. And you can apply that ethic, that work ethic, to your personal life or your career or your whatever it is in life that you want to achieve, whether it be weight loss. Look at us two. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Oh, you can't see me. I'm so thin. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let's invite Penny on and we can talk a bit more about this because it's quite controversial, but I think sometimes it just needs to be aired. I'd love to know what our listeners think about this too. So listen um, to our chat, um, see what you think. And we would love to have some comments back from you on what you think. Um, Pop them on our Facebook page if you like, or send them to us in an email. That's twowomenchatting at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. Even better, follow us. Anyway, here comes Penny. So our guest today is Penny Mallory mental toughness advocate and TEDx speaker. From being homeless at 14 through issues at home, Penny has really defied the odds, becoming a winner in every sense of the word. She was the first woman, and still is, to drive a Ford World Rally car in competition and embraces every kind of tough activity, including boxing, multiple marathons, scaling mountains, and her new venture later this year, rowing the Atlantic Ocean. Now she's a motivational speaker, a coach and presenter, and she's teaching us all how to be mentally tough no matter where you start from. Welcome, Penny. Hello. So nice to have you. Thank you for joining us. I know you've got a tough regime at the moment with your row, which we'll get onto in a little bit. I'm fascinated by the challenge that that presents. But Liz and I have just been talking about what mentally tough really is, and we would love you to just maybe explain what that means, um, as opposed to just being um, insensitive or acting like a tough guy. I know it's deeper than that. It is. And it's, yeah, it's an unfortunate expression because it sounds quite sort of macho and aggressive, doesn't it? And it isn't any of those things. Um, empathy and self-awareness and lots of soft, gentle things are components of mental toughness. So in a nutshell, mental toughness is your ability to manage stress, pressure, challenges, changes, setbacks you know, life. And if you are able to take things in your stride, your life will be more relaxed, enjoyable, fun, probably successful. If you get knocked sideways every time something changes, um, life is really, really hard to manage. So there are lots of ways you can build mental toughness. And I could talk about this just to warn you for hours. (laughs) And so I've got to be careful that I just give you the sort of overview. But 
there are four aspects of mental toughness. And if you wanted me to, I could talk through all of those. But ultimately, it's about being able to cope and to manage better. I've seen you describe it as sort of looking at your failures like it's water off a duck's back to not use them to keep you down, but to push you forward and to make you more resilient and to be more sort of to challenge what's in front of you. Yeah, resilience is your ability to sort of experience a crisis and then bounce back to your pre-crisis state as quickly as possible. I mean, you probably know people who have been knocked by some horrible tragedy or event or something, and they really, really, really struggle to come back to where they were. Well, are knocked by big stuff and they just kind of crack on. And you think, wow, how, how have they done that? That was such a big thing and they seem to have sort of taken it in their stride. Um, so it's very different for all sorts of people. But the, the beautiful thing is that you can learn to be more resilient. You can develop mental toughness. So you can't do anything about the genes that you and I have been born with, but we can become more mentally tough. Is that at any age, would you say? Was it harder the older you get? No, I, I would say, because um, the older we get, the wiser we get in theory. We can see stuff more clearly, can't we, at our age? And I think so. I think so. It's le- Life is sort of less confusing the older you get. It might not be less any less stressful, but you kind of see stuff in a way that I certainly didn't when I was 20 or 40. You bring in a wisdom to the table that you didn't have when you were younger. I saw you on the Vanessa Feltz show. You were talking about a perma crisis. Now, what is a perma crisis? Is that what we find ourselves in post-pandemic? I mean, post if you if you think about the pandemic, everyone was really stressed and I'm pretty sure it's because everyone was uncertain what was going to happen. Uncertainty causes stress, doesn't it? Um, anything that's stressing you out right now, it's probably because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. It's that uncertainty that makes us really anxious. So we have experienced that, the whole country, the whole world actually, experienced the most weird, extraordinary crisis on, and uncertainty that no one was set out set up for no one knew that was going to happen and i remember when Lock- boris locked us down thinking that'll be weird having a week at home mm. and it was mm. nearly two years and that's why everyone was just completely thrown by it because there was nothing to tell us that that was going to happen and nobody knew if we were going to be locked down forever when it would end how it would end how would we get back to normal so it that sort of crisis was I'm, nev- I'm not going to use that word unprecedented. Um, just very odd. No one quite knew what to do with it. We were also talking a moment ago about, you know, where our kids have now left home and they're either at college or they're starting work. These are the kids of the pandemic, the adult kids first emerging into the workplace. And I'm thinking that what I see, not necessarily through my children, they would kill me. <laughs> but, but what I'm hearing is that these young, these adult kids, if you like, they're not as resilient. They're not doing the kind of nose to the grindstone, uncomplaining, get on with it, pecking order. Um, I need a break. I, I, I can't deal with this anymore kind of stuff. And that, certainly there has to be some kind of compassion for what they've gone through. Maybe all these kids all need to learn some mental toughness. Would that be a harsh thing to say, or do you think it would really help the younger workforce? I'm going. I have opinions on this stuff, which is not going to suit everyone. Um, but I'm a realist. I was talking to some head teachers this morning, 
and they were saying that their kids were given their GCSEs because they were in the pandemic. They didn't have to work for them. They were just given a grade. That that I understand the reality and the logistics, and it was it was impossible. But what effectively, and they don't know any different. They've been given their GCSEs. Lucky them. But if you think about it, I'm not, not sure how useful that is for them going forward because they didn't have to do the things that other people had to do to get them. Not their fault, absolutely. But what it hasn't done is helped them through that really difficult patch in their lives where you have to learn to cope with all sorts of stuff going on with you and your mates and girlfriends, boyfriends and you know parents and blah, blah, blah. And on top of that, you've got your GCSEs. They didn't have that. So they already didn't have to deal with something. That's probably nice for them, but I'm not sure how useful it is long-term. The only the way we learn to deal with stuff is to experience stuff, find strategies to cope, fast track it next time. And the reason that you and I can get through stuff probably better is because we've done it a hundred times. Those the, the younger people have done it two or three times maybe. Well, the more you do anything, in theory, the better you get at it. So they've missed out on quite a an op- a opportunity to it's growth, build isn't mental it? toughness, I suppose. Yeah, they've missed out yes. on a whole area of growth and will get the fallout as these kids move through the ranks. Well, and that's what I say. It must be very hard for employers. You know, how are they going to deal with these 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 people? You know, because they they can't upset them supposedly you know how how are they going to manage mm. it's a, it's a real challenge for employers so i think they find it very hard to recruit because people are saying no, i don't i want like to work at home and employers go but i want you in the office so they go well i'll go and work somewhere else then so there's this new thing with working from home and you have to give employers the choice and that doesn't employers don't really want to then they the employers have got another challenge which is um you know, we've got to keep the mental health and well-being of everyone in the company good whilst we're putting them under insane pressure, giving them ridiculous targets and, and their workload is crazy. But we need to look after them at the same time. That's a weird dilemma, isn't it? We're going to sort of kiss you and punch you at the same time. Um, how does that really work coming from the same organisation? It's It never used to be like that. When I was working the last 40 years, I didn't ever have any support from anyone I just sort of found ways to manage myself you got on with it didn't you this is a really hard thing to say but sometimes too much support is not helpful (laughs) because you don't build your own strategies to cope you just lean on somebody and when you're leaning on somebody you're not standing upright so this is a harsh view, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's, I think it's... Oh, we're view. on board, I'm afraid. That's what we're, we're talking totally about totally on board. You know, if you, if you don't have that mental toughness that you're taught through experience or through lessons or through life, it affects every part of your life, not just work, but as you just mentioned, how you deal with your relationships, how you deal with the breakups of those relationships and how you just find enough in you to get out of bed every morning when you are feeling like the day is heavy and you don't like what you do. Loads of us didn't like what we did when we went to work. We just kind of got up and do it. The only day I've ever taken off sick in my life, I lied and I got sacked. <laughs> I've never taken a day off <laughs> That'll <since>. learn you. <laughs> yeah, it did learn me. And I've never, I've never, I've been on stage with a broken leg. I've been on stage the day after I had an um, operation on my start. I just 
I will do it. I will pull it off. I will do it, whatever. Well, let's circle back to why you have that mental toughness, because your story is quite an extraordinary one of how you have lifted yourself out of where you started. And I think it's an incredible example of it doesn't matter where you start, you can still be successful. Would you just give us a little bit of Okay, I'll give you a real brief overview of the backstory. So I, I grew up in a in a dysfunctional house, not unusual, nothing weird about that. But my mum was very ill. She was a manic depressive, but very, very bad, and a, and a alcoholic. That was a really horrible combination because effectively she couldn't really parent. So um, she spent most of my childhood in a lunatic asylum, you know, the big psychiatric hospitals. Um, so I was just a sort of angry kid that didn't understand why I didn't have a normal mom and blah, blah, blah. I left home at 14, never went back. My dad wrote me a letter to say that he was dis- I was a disgrace and he didn't want anything to do with me. Didn't see him for 20 years. Um, but that's sort of, well, from from a very young age, I was independent. Um, so my mum wasn't very good at cooking food or anything like that because she just it wasn't on her mind. So, you know, you would, I ate the same meal for years and years and years because it came out of the freezer and into the frying pan. And that's, you know, it, I mean, it's not a sub story or anything. It's just that you just learn to manage stuff and you don't realise you're learning to. I didn't know I was building mental toughness, but when I left at 14 and I was in homeless hostels and life was just horrible, but I've I've always had a sort of survival instinct and I've always had crazy big dreams. And I wasn't, I suppose I just hit rock bottom one day and I thought I either go really down or I just flip this situation. And I went to a rally school because I dreamt of being a rally driver since I was a baby, since I was about six. Uh, went to a rally school. It changed my life because I thought if I actually, if I could become a rally champion, maybe I could win my dad's um, affection, attention back. So I was on this mission to do something that was next to impossible and nothing was going to stand in my way. So again, I didn't know I was building mental toughness. I would bounce back from a crash, bounce back from sponsors pulling out, bounce back from teams changing, bounce back from whatever, because I had to be a rally champion because that would mean my dad might be proud. So I had a really strong, intense drive underneath me. I didn't honestly know that this was happening and it's only on reflection looking back, I can see what was going on. Um. So so just through driving and also, of course, competing at a high level, you build mental toughness pretty damn quick because you've got to be super focused. You've got to start to learn to work as a team. You've got to be confident. You've got to have um, amazing relationship with people in order to make something extraordinary happen. So that was fantastically important in learning to build mental toughness. And then I, I've done I've done loads of other stuff and I do challenges and stuff to find out what I'm capable of. Um, so without realizing it, my entire life, I've been developing mental toughness. And then I came across the concept of it and went, oh, my God, that's me. I understand. It. I totally get it. So now I talk about it every day. I think it must be hard as well because parenting styles have changed so much. You've only got to look at some of these Facebook groups like growing up in the 80s and, you know, you just go out and play and your parents wouldn't have a clue where you are until you come back home for tea. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's changed. There's a lot of helicopter parenting. There's a lot of intervention by parents when things don't go quite perfectly at school or and, and they probably find it quite hard to to hold back when these kids start work too um so it's i know it's like an overused word but it is a bit snowflakey isn't it i'm afraid so and um 
I'm very nervous talking like this because um, there's always there's always a whole load of people who who don't go with this, but I'm afraid I do. You clearly do, which is nice. Um, but I, I think honestly, if this country is going to um, sort itself out, we're going to need some 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 toughness to cope with stuff. We can't just fall over and wait for somebody to stroke us when it doesn't quite go our way. We just simply have to learn to bounce back and get on. And that's that's my view. It won't be everybody's, but... It's very interesting you put it that way because do you remember when we first started lockdown and we had this war spirit? It was... People would refer to it as, you know, come on, we'll get through this together. We're going we're gonna to see it through. That's kind of, we've, we've lost it again now, haven't we? Because we're going back to normal. And now the kids are just like, sweetie, you've had such a terrible time during COVID. I think you should take triple gap year. But we haven't gone back to normal. That's the problem. We haven't. You're right. Well, every, every, I don't think everything will, anything will ever be the same again because it was just the weirdest thing that we all experienced. And I think it did start off with a very stoic attitude with everyone. You know, we can do this and clapping the nurses were amazing. And they were the most mentally tough, weren't they, in those couple of years? Unbelievable what they managed to do. Um, but it, I think it slid away again. It's now, yeah, it's, it, it feels like it's gone away. Maybe I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. but I think not. Um, I think you're absolutely on the nail there. I, I, I've got to be honest. I mean, yeah, as you said, people... Some people listening won't like it, but that's life, isn't it? You, as you said of our last podcast ever. <laughs> yes. I hope I haven't ruined it for everyone forever. Well, um, tell you what, let's I shift just... gears a little bit and ha let's have a look at the kind of listeners that listen to our programme, which are midlife women. And of course, you know, when you're going through midlife, you're going through perimenopause and menopause and empty nesting. There's so many chapters in our lives during midlife when mental toughness would be a huge, huge benefit, right? As you said earlier, you can start developing mental toughness at any age. What steps would you suggest to start getting back on track and finding the confidence that maybe some of us lose in midlife? You know, if there's anything wrong with you, the doctors say, well, have a good diet and exercise regularly. That's sort of the advice for pretty much everything we can do to look after ourselves. So I do that and I exercise probably more than people half my age. And I have not got anything wrong with me and I'm not experiencing, still haven't experienced menopause, which is weird because I'm 57. I should have. And I'm pretty sure my activity has either delayed it or is putting it right without even realising it. So my I have a level of confidence in my ability because I I enjoy working and I quite enjoy challenging myself. That builds my confidence in myself. And I think that the difficulty is that as we get later in life and people start to work a little bit less, it's easy that the confidence sort of goes down with that. Not not the case for everyone. Of course, I'm generalising. So there'll be people that, that absolutely don't fit into this, this uh, generalisation. But I think it is important to stay active, to stay interested, to stay challenged. If life gets too comfortable, it can be quite difficult to pick yourself up when something happens. So I'm not suggesting everyone has a miserable, hard, tough life because that, that would be insane. But I just think staying mentally active, physically active really is the most important thing. And, and that is the most boring answer I could possibly give you. But I, I'm just a bit of a, an evangelist now because I know how it has delayed 
aging it's delayed menopause it's delayed it's delayed everything i don't know if it will catch up with me next year or in five years but i I, you know my my mother's sorry my mother's a prime example of that she's 93 this year and she's kept fit you know she's always out walking still drives terrifies me but she does mentally she's chair of this chair of that i think you're absolutely right it's really a boring answer because everyone knows you should eat well and exercise regularly but actually just read that again that is what changes everything there's a reason that's repeated so often right yeah and because it's repeated often that you sort of filter it out because it's boring and yeah 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 i know that you're quite an advocate of the cold shower technique as well and i know liz has tried this i do i do well it's i tell you it's a miserable thing to do no nobody enjoys a cold shower although i do know somebody who does a cold shower every single day of the year and has done for years it's 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 a bigger thing than this it's about developing resilience it's about developing discipline and focus if i can stand under a minute of cold water in the day i can face pretty much everything anything the day will chuck at me so it's a it's about managing the stress response in your body your stress response falls incredibly quickly because your body is insanely clever it knows it's it's, it's sort of under attack by cold water, but then it will the stress response will fall because it, it understands what's manage it for longer and your stress response falls much quicker, so it becomes less awful. But it would be the same if you don't like walking in the rain, then go walking in the rain. If you don't like holding a plank position, hold it for 10 seconds extra every day for a month. Practicing tolerating discomfort, all those things are uncomfortable. For some people, it might be reading... a a thesis on something that they just can't face it would be mentally tough of you if you could just get through it so doing anything you don't really want to do that's uncomfortable regularly without you realizing it you are building mental toughness you are um you're, you're just more disciplined you're more focused and that actually transfers to everything else in your day without you even knowing it does so that's that's where the culture the theory the 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 underlying theory of the cold shower it's just experiencing something unpleasant but uh, having said that there is enormous amounts of um, research out there to show you how cold water therapy is you know it helps the immune system helps you sleep better lose weight da, 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 da. so there's there's all of that benefit as well i almost did it this morning because i knew we were talking to you but then i didn't actually have the mental toughness to do it so tomorrow i'm going to dunk my head under the ice cold i'm shower. up to 30 seconds and, and after that i'm like oh but I, you just feel you, you do feel so much better after the you might find up to 40 40 seconds it doesn't feel quite so bad. Oh, as long as you've got your fluffy white towel right there, <laughs> and, and the minute radiator. you wrap your towel around you, you're warm again. It doesn't last very long. And, you know, 30 seconds is still good going. And you probably, a bit of you is going, oh, my God, I did that. Wow. Well, I, I count, so I'm trying to distract myself, you know, and I'm, I, I'm so proud. I think I'm 31, though, actually, 31 seconds. That's really yeah. good. It, it, it's 31 yeah. seconds yeah. more than me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a new thirty-two challenge. seconds would yeah. be, be you tomorrow. Pushing it, so it, it doesn't matter how long, and it, this stuff is doesn't have to be intolerably awful. It's just about edging forward, pushing yourself forward with teeny weeny bit. Because if you do it in the shower, you can do it on that phone call or that difficult meeting, or you just transfer it to everything else that you do. Sounds simple, Gosh, but I if it works, that's, that's... I haven't thought of it that way. Now, would you say this is what separates winners from losers as well, having that mental resilience to keep going? I was fascinated by what makes a winner for years. And 
uh, there's no question in my mind, you know, you could have the same driving ability as the next person, but the person that wants it most <laughs> is the person that will win. Um, you, you can have all the skill and talent in the world, but if you haven't got the mindset to go with it, you won't come out on top. You can have half the talent of the person next to you and still win. If you want something so deeply, the desire is so intense. You, you have a, a depth and where you can dig deep into something, I don't know what you would call it, that gives you a performance that trumps the talent next to you. Would you say it's a bit like manifesting as well? Do, do these two things go kind of hand in hand? If you visualise that success and you're, you believe in it so much that it will happen? There's no question that I, I visualised all my life. I didn't know I was doing it. I didn't know I had a word. I just used to picture stuff happening. Did it all my life. And then I read about visualisation. I thought, oh, that, that sounds like what I've always done. And it, it's incredibly powerful. Um, it's free. It's easy. Why wouldn't you? Um, it makes a massive difference. Because, of course, you Neil probably knows, but your brain doesn't know if you've imagine something or experience something in reality so as long as you visualize it your brain thinks you've done it if you've done it a hundred times in your head when you come to do it for real well you've done it a hundred times so this isn't your first time it's your hundred and first time and so cool you get better at stuff it it is not to be underestimated it can get a bit wacky and woo woo which is not me at all but visualization is you I, i i can't imagine life without doing it i do it all the time it's just the way i I've been made. It's just the way I am. But it is, you mustn't not do it. I heard you say on the TEDx talk that 30% of achievement is down to skill, ability and intelligence, but 70% is down to commitment and mental toughness. That is an incredible stat right there. It is, I'm told, um, research from Stanford University that, that but if you, I mean, it doesn't matter about the, the academic thing. You talk to anybody who's achieved anything, they'll tell you that's true. You know, I, I'm not sure. You think of some of the, the most successful leaders and famous leaders. They're probably not the smartest, but they're definitely the mentally toughest. Um, you know, you take Trump or you take, you know, yeah, these are the ones that spring to mind, isn't it? Um, or Richard Branson or, you know, the Steve famous Jobs. people. Mm. Yeah, exactly. There's pretty bright and there's super bright, but the super bright guy wouldn't have been able to set, you know, set up Apple because he didn't have that passion. And it's just simply, it. the wonderful thing about this is that you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the cleverest. You just have to want it and desire it and see it and bring it so you just because i would never got on at school i found this really reassuring that i can still do something i can still succeed because i don't have to be the cleverest and i was always 49 percent in everything at school like so middle of the road and oh my god i hate middle of the road i'm like i'm never going to be good at anything all my life all my friends are so clever and i'm not um but i've done all sorts of things that they haven't so it's just not about intelligence and you can do it at any age. Yeah. And one of the things that you're about to do is the Talisker Atlantic Challenge rowing race. Oh, my gosh. 3,000 miles west from San Sebastian in uh, the Canary Islands, heading towards uh, Antigua and Barbuda. Oh, my gosh. You're crazy. So, so this is a, a, um, a dream that I've had for about four years. And seven months ago, I signed up. And last week, I had to leave the team. Oh, no. It's all off. It's all off. You're the first people I'm telling. Um, 
basically i've discovered that a group of people is not a team a team is a group of people who have the same aim the same values the same commitment the same confidence and that that didn't and transpire so i had to do possibly one of the mentally toughest things i've ever done and say no because to say no to your big dream when you've invested huge amounts of money and time and effort and energy and told people you're going to do this thing it took everything i had to say no i can't my gut was screaming at me get out so it is off but what would have happened was i would have rode 3000 miles across the atlantic in a tiny weeny boat rowing two hours on two hours off every day for 40 days or so and it would have been the adventure of my life and so i'm mortified as you can imagine because this has been so many years in the making in my head and i'm not used to things not going my way but i don't know quite yet why it hasn't happened you know what the reason is it you know that will all unfold won't it i'm why so sorry i have a feeling though you're not going to be pushed down by this you're just going to find some other new challenge some other exciting project to be involved with and as you as you say you know you look at these moments in your life and you don't have to regard them as a failure but as a new challenge why didn't that happen how can i make it different next time how can i be more resilient or you know what went wrong Oh gosh, so many lessons from this. I'm not going to share them because it's all. This is all very fresh. This has only happened a week ago, so um, I'm sort of not ready. I've, I'm still computing everything and um, working everything out. But there will be so many things that I've learnt that I will use in the future, and I just have to to trust the universe that there was a very good reason it didn't happen. I just don't know what it is yet. But yeah, I'm I'm absolutely gutted. So I'm sorry. I've just. Um, spoiled <laughs> spoiled the question for you not at all not at all you're just very authentic and that's reality it you know things don't always happen the way you expect them to for any of us and it's massively disappointing i can see that you know you are still processing this and asking yourself why but i don't doubt for a second having met you for even just this short amount of time that this will not put you down in any way no, no, it absolutely won't put me down. And I've just got to undo, you know, it's just like you set something up and then you've got to undo it. It's just boring. It's admin and it's stuff. Um, it absolutely won't set me back in any way, shape or form. I'm disappointed. I'm gutted. I just want to be there so badly taking part, but it's not happening. So I've just, there's no point in dwelling, is there? I could spend weeks be feeling down, but it's not going to help me in any way. I might as well crack on. That's the mental toughness. So, I think so. You just kind of... Yeah, that's well, a bummer. I do know that you are a fantastic motivational speaker and you do lots of corporate work and I know people will want to know more about you. So how do they find you, Penny Mallory? Thank you, that's sweet. Just type my name into Google and my website, if everything is going according to plan, should be at the top of the pile um, and just click on my website and then everything's there. You can watch those videos and podcasts and um, there's loads of content, loads of stuff, and my job is not a job, as you can imagine. It's just an absolute joy to go and speak to audiences and share share my experiences, but more importantly, help them to to develop mental toughness, which is the best feeling in the world when you know that just even one person in that audience, if something changes for them, my job's done. So it's it's the best job in the world. 
Amazing. Thank you, Penny Mallory, for joining us today. It's been really, really interesting and very honest, actually. I've really enjoyed the honesty of this chat. Uh, it, it's, it's that word, overused word again, inspired me. Or two words. Well, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. Thank you. Just do 31 seconds in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes life just does not work out as you expect it, however planned, however organised. And you know what? She could have just cancelled our interview because we found her because of the Atlantic Row. But what she's done is show us exactly the steel that she is made of, that she didn't cancel, she didn't reschedule, she didn't try and hide the fact. I just found her really honest and authentic, to be honest. She she's an example of exactly what she says she she does and what she's what I want to say selling, but you know it's, it's promoting mental toughness. Coming on our podcast when that's happened, yeah. Thought, you know what? It's probably going to be even better. She'll probably be on SpaceX. <laughs> we'll get even more publicity. She'll do something bigger and better and more amazing. I have no doubt in her oh. abilities whatsoever. Oh gosh, definitely, yeah. No, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I do. You know what, listeners, I know we're mostly uh, addressing midlife women, but if you want to share this particular episode with your kids, I think it would be a good one for them to listen to it. I really do. And we're going to put some resources, of course, on the website. But yeah, let's all um, have a cold shower and get a bit of mental toughness. No, I was going to say, let's be positive, not, not you know, constructive. It's constructive. Let's say criticism, comments. It's definitely not criticism well it is it is in a way but i just want the next generation to succeed and i don't see them succeeding without developing a bit more mental toughness so that they can take the future knocks that undoubtedly they will have whether it be at work or in relationships we've got to toughen up yeah that's it really yeah all right off for a cold shower bye Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. 